All right, this is chapter two. We're going to talk about your design kit tools, which most of you have already gotten your tool kits. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the stuff that's in it. I know this chapter two talks a lot about pencils, the different weights and the different leads. Um, I'm more of a pen drawer. I like drawing pen on mylar or pen on paper. Mylar is not used as much. Mylar was like a film uh, medium that uh, was real easy to draw on, but pretty much now uh, it's pen on vellum. And it's uh, pretty easy to do. Everybody kind of freaks out when we start talking about using pen on paper because you can't erase it. But you do have a blue, it should be a blue eraser in your toolkit, which will help uh, fade that down. But there's always little tricks and stuff that I will show you on how to correct a mistake uh, on a drawing. But this is chapter two, tools. Our objectives is learn the drafting tools and materials used to draw plan drawings. Again, bird's eye view. We'll understand the basic tools required for the beginning design student, and then we'll learn tips and techniques for using the drafting tools. All right, first of all, your drawing surface, the criteria for it, it needs to be smooth. This green mat that's on your desk right now, that's a smooth surface. Um, I know some of the office supply stores actually sells like portable design tables. Those are perfect to use as well. Uh, I've had students in the past buy sheets of plywood, cut it in half, sand it down, and make their own drafting table. Because you do have to have that straight edge and you need the 90 degree corners. And so this is uh, a good example of everything that you would need. Doesn't need to be this big, you know. Uh, like I said, students have gone in together and bought a four by eight sheet of plywood and cut it in half and made uh, drafting tables from it. But if not, you know, you guys will have plenty of table time in here uh, to complete your projects. Um, and adjustable height and angle uh, is good. My preferred method to drawing is standing up behind the table and drawing like this. If you wanted to sit down, you're able to lift the tables up by twisting it. Just the little knobs on the side actually kind of lock it down but you can lift it up and twist the sides. And if you wanted to set it the chair, and it'll actually raise all the way up. Bad thing about this though, is your T-square likes to slide off. Sometimes in, in offices, you'll see where they have like a, like a slide guide. It's a cable that runs down and they've got the whole T-square running down the side or a parallel bar. But I love the T-square and we'll talk about that here in a minute. The bad thing is if you raise it all the way up, this thing can like slide off. But this is like the best thing in the world. Your paper, tracing paper or trash we call it trash paper tracing paper bum wad uh, all kinds of names for it real transparent 
almost like wax paper that you use uh, like in cooking almost. But we go through this like it's, like it's nothing. It's real inexpensive. And the school, we will buy that for you and we'll use a ton of that. We've got it in different, um, you know, it comes in the, the 24 inch, 36 inch rolls, but this is my favorite because I can carry it around. So this and what other tool is our best tool in the whole wide world? Pentail sign pen, exactly. My two favorites. We are problem solvers for people's landscapes. And we use the Pentel sign pen or a Sharpie and trash paper more than anything. The trash paper, it's low quality. It can be white, yellow, or buff, depending on what color you like. That buff is like a light tan. And then there is that yellow stuff. But I like the white because I'm drawing over white paper. 12 to 36 inch wide. You sketch your ideas. It's generally used as an overlay. Now, what we'll do in this class, since we're focusing more on residential design, um, when we get our base maps complete, we'll take the larger trash paper, lay over our base map, and start doing like site inventory and analysis. Start doing concept bubble diagrams instead of doing another complete drawing. It's okay to use the trash paper in the design process to help you do it because you may or may not want to show your clients your, your bubble diagrams. You may want to go to the next step in the, the next visit with them with like a preliminary. Um, and it just depends. Depends on what. One, if they're, they're paying you for all that and paying you for the graphics. Vellum. It's high quality. It's translucent. Pencil uh, use. Mostly pen does not erase well, but you get used to it. This is vellum. Just feel it. It's almost like a little, little wax to it as well. But this is what we'll use every single day in here. It's vellum. This is my favorite size. Why? Easy to work with. I can walk around somebody's yard like this instead of these big plans. And we can sit at the kitchen table easy with it. But again, it depends on the size of the project. Depends on the size of the yard. But that's, this is what we call vellum. Whoops, sorry. So vellum and trash paper are what we'll use uh, most. I don't even know if I've got a sheet of mylar. When I was in school, that's all we used was mylar. Yeah, I do. I'll tell you a quick thing about this. Now, this is mylar, plastic. Perfect for the old blueprint machines. Y'all remember seeing blueprints where the paper was actually blue and the lines were white? And then they come out with the blue lines and the white paper. But when we did prints in college, everything was through an ammonium-based blueprint machine. When we cranked up, cranked that up, you could smell it. The ammonium would fill the room and you got a, a good little buzz. 
And then they move to black line paper. We use black line for our rendered or our colored drawings. And then use the blue line, which is a little bit cheaper. Stuff's $5 a sheet. This is $5 right here. So kind of expensive, right? My two professors at A&T, John Robinson, God rest his soul, he passed away this summer, um, was a real inspiration to me. And then Perry Howard. Uh, both went to LSU around the same time, and they both went to Harvard School of Landscape Architecture. I love those guys to death. They said they were so poor going to Harvard that they bought one sheet of mylar and, and erased it and used it the whole two years they were getting their master's degree. And he said, we'd stay up all night. He said the racers were so cheap. And that was when, first, when mylar first come out, so it, it may have been $30 a sheet back then. But he said they erased it because they could get the racers for nothing hardly. And so they'd draw their base map, go run their blueprints, erase it, and then do the next drawings they had to do for the project. And then they had everything in the blueprints. So neat little story. But now I've lost my clicker. But the three types of mediums. Uh, that was the mylar we saw. Uh, it is high quality, heavier than vellum, long lasting, expensive, usually used for ink. You can use pencil on it, but that pencil is going to smear. Ink will smear if you don't let it dry. And then grid paper, grid paper uh, can be used to draw to scale. I've never really drawn anything on grid paper. I really haven't. Um, I mean, we just we went straight to, to vellum and mylar. I have seen landscape architects use packaging paper, the brown paper, which is really, really cool because they'll lay that out and like with a light table, which we have up here, which is easy for tracing. And then, you know, one day make me clean this up guys. Well, it may not be, yeah, there it comes. But you see the light coming up. You can actually lay a drawing on it and trace. And what they'd do is take that, that brown packaging paper and trace their base plan and then they would color it with colored pencils and it looked amazing so there's all kinds of ways to present your work that's a lot of people get into design because they're artists and they love to draw and they this is one way that they can have that as a career i mean what else what other job pays you to color right bond paper uh, standard weight paper. It's like copy paper. Uh, it's used for copying designs rather than drawing. So it's really like your typing paper or what we print out of the printer in there. If you go to Kinko's FedEx or you go to a blueprint store, they're going to copy your drawings instead of print them with that ammonium based. It's going to be like a photocopy of it. And it's harder to photocopy that mylar. So pretty much everybody is drawing on vellum or they're plotting out from AutoCAD on their vellum and then they're going and getting copies made. Carrying tube. I don't know if I've got mine up here or not, but guys, you can make it out of PVC pipe. 
what happens in the winter and stuff around here. We're drawing, you guys leave for the day. You're taking your drawings home, you go outside and these big raindrops hit it. That hits that ink and just smears it all over the place. So like a PVC pipe, cut it in half, get two little end caps, you know, you've got maybe two or $3 in it. It protects your drawings. Protects it from the rain, sunlight, and it organizes it. And when you are rolling up your drawings, always, always, always lay your drawing side down and roll up. So you can always see drawings because when you roll it back out, it automatically goes flat. You don't have to worry about the sides folding up. Plus, what do we have like right here? The name. the name of the project, you know what it is. If you've got them stacked up somewhere in a box, you can look, oh, yep, there's the Jones project, the Smith project. And then when you pull it back out, you roll it up, it lays flat automatically. You know, if you did it the other way, these ends are gonna keep curling up and then you're gonna have to keep forcing it down. Prints, they used to be blueprints, is what I talked about just a minute ago. Um, and I, I can almost bet that there's some landscape architects out there that are going back to blueprints for presentation graphics just because they're, they're going back to that traditional way, which I think is cool. Uh, but repographers have been replaced, have replaced the blue printers, which were called the zero graphics. Blue printing companies can print on mylar or vellum. So if you draw a base map, they can actually copy it to another piece of vellum or mylar for you. Bond copies can be made at a copy store like if you needed to, to run into FedEx, Kinko's, we used to go to Kinko's at two o'clock in the morning when I was at A&T, having to copy stuff to get it colored for class at eight o'clock. We'd draw all day and then have to run over to Kinko's there on UNCG's campus, make our copies uh, if we needed to, because we could have ran out of blueprint stuff. And a lot of times the uh, instructors would lock that room up. We didn't have access to it all the time. And before getting expensive copies, always run a test print because photocopying a, you know, a 24 by 36 is gonna cost you a couple bucks. But we may or may not get to that point here. But we will next semester when we start coloring. Uh, tape or tape dots, they should be in your little design bag. It's a little box right there but it's a little bitty tape that's not too sticky. So when you tape down the corners, when you lay it out and get it squared up, you'll put a corner, a little piece of tape at each corner. And be careful, even though it isn't that sticky, but you want to, to peel away from it with your fingernail so you don't tear the corners of your drawing. T-square, used to make horizontal or vertical lines. This is my T-square. 
I've had this thing since, it's got my name on it. I've had this since 1994, 95, my personal one. This was given to me by Dr. Ware. She was uh, my first year design uh, student at a not student, my professor, and then she taught our senior uh, design class. She teaches now in Australia at the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. She is the uh, department chair there. So she gave me this before, uh, before she left. So don't use it. It's mine. But we have a ton of them back here. Um, and this is where we keep them. We have the wooden ones, and then we have the, uh, the clear plastic one, guys. So um, whenever we start drawing, you'll just come back here and grab a T-square. And that is basically goes on the side and moves up and down draws your horizontal lines, slide down, horizontal, slide down, horizontal, and that's how we do it. Drawing your vertical lines, you keep your T-square there, and we take a triangle, and we move it back and forth. So you can do all kinds of stuff. Um, bad thing about this one, it's not all the way across. Those are longer, and they stop about right here, which is all you need. But to draw a vertical line, Slide it around, draw a vertical line, cross here, slide it up. You've just drawn a four-cornered house. So, very easy. Um, the triangles in your design kit are not beveled. So, that's why I bought a ton back there. Feel this with your fingernail and tell me what you think that beveled edge is for. It keeps your pins from bleeding and when i say bleeding when you take and you draw and you stop and you don't pull up fast enough it's going to bleed a little bit right there and you're going to see a perfect straight line and then it's going to look like a little needle head or pin head at the end of it that beveled edge helps with that and it also helps from it from bleeding underneath because a lot of times people put too much pressure and they hold it and they get to the end and they stop and it bleeds. But you'll feel, I mean, it's just, just a little, little bevel on all four, on all sides. The triangles, that's what's going around now. Uh, you have a 45-45 and a 30-60. The 45-45 is going around now. This is a 30-60. You'll use both. Lead. Now, um, how many pencils are in your design kit? Has anybody opened them up and looked? How many leads come with it? There's three pencils. How many leads? Three, three of each. So there's probably nine. Gotcha, gotcha. So you should have a five, seven, and a nine size. Then H, HB, four H, two H. It's four. Um, Use them. 
It's okay to draw in pencil. You're never going to see me draw in pencil though, because I have years of experience. I confident. I don't mess up when it comes to drawing. Kidding. I do. And I'll show you tricks of the trade to correct it because a lot of people, they're like, ah, my ink just bled all over the place. How do I fix it? There's little things to do it. You ever seen those little whiteout tapes? Perfect. Since we're drawing on vellum, you can't use it on mylar, but definitely if you make a mistake on vellum, the little white tape works perfect. But lead become, it comes in degrees of softness and hardness. H lead, very hard. The number and an H, number and an H, the higher the number, the harder the lead. You're going to use that for thin light lines, which would be like a property line. Probably one of the thinnest things you'll draw around the property. And they're going to be dashed as well. Um, does not smudge as much because it's hard. 4H, we would use as guidelines. So if you need something to really trace. But is there a blue pencil in your design kit that you sharpen with a pencil sharpener? Should be called non-photo. Yep, non-photo. That's what I want you to use for guidelines. Because you could write all over your vellum and then go get it photocopied. You're not going to see those blue lines. You'll only see what you draw in the regular lead. 2H for drawing details. B lead, it's softer with thicker, darker lines. The higher the number, the softer the lead. Yes, sir. I mean, there's 45, 45, and then 30, 60. Um, the one that we passed around has that beveled edge to prevent it from bleeding out so much, your pins. And it helps prevent the pencils from uh, smudging bad, too. The bad thing about drawing with pencil, um, well, mechanical is not so bad. But in the old days, we used to draw... Uh, with pencils that we had to stick in a sharpener or we had a lead sharpener. We had a lead holder, which was old school. And when my grandmother passed away, well, that's been several years ago, uh, we were going through her stuff. We found my grandfather's old design kit and they were all like lead holders and stuff. My grandfather was a machinist. He drew plans like nuts and bolts and stuff. He worked for Reynolds. And so they got to draw the, the stuff that needed to be made in the machine shop. Um, but now that's a, that's a mechanical pencil. Yeah. Well, these are, these are good pencils. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And what we, what we had, we had the old lead holders. Like the lead was almost, well, I wouldn't kind of, sort of. But you could push a button and the whole lead would fall out and it was thick i mean like thick thick lead but you had to you could only draw a little bit and then you'd have to sharpen it then finish drawing because when you sharpened it to a point and you drew what happened you'd have a real thin line and then as the lead went down it got thicker so you had to be careful with that that's why i like pen i will require that you draw your borders around your paper with the Pentel sign pen. And we will practice, practice, practice that. Just like you're gonna get tired of writing the alphabet. 
in architectural lettering. And then you're going to notice, well, if you're like me, I hardly write cursive anymore. I always write print, but I'm fast at it. And they're not even teaching cursive writing in schools anymore. And that bothers me because I took my little girls to get their military ID. And the, the guy at the desk was like, all right, here, girls, you need to sign your name. And they're like printing it. I'm like, really? They're like, Dad, we don't know how to write cursive. I'm like, you're in high school. So, but that's, that's the way it is. Um, They let them print it. And I asked them, I said, what are y'all doing with the soldiers, new soldiers coming in? They're like, well, now everything is like, uh, what is it? Not photometric. Um, they sign with their thumbprint. So they don't even have to, they don't have to sign their name on their enlistment contract. It's a thumbprint. Because the Army knows that it's not being taught in school anymore. It's just like cell phones are used in basic training now. What do you think about that, Chief? Well, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can learn all the new technology and all that. But what? That means contract falling down. Well, last time I was at Fort Jackson, the drill instructors were outside, and they walked up to the chow hall, and he's like, all right, guys, y'all can stop. Go ahead and take out your cell phones. You got a few minutes. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> that, never, that never happened with us. Never happened. Yes. Is it um, on some bases they won't let you use your cell phones because of um, GPS tracking apps and getting away with bases and stuff? It's, it's when you go to Fort Bragg, their GPS is, you can try to use it, but it's garbage. They got it fixed, but it doesn't work. Okay. They, I drove down to Fort Bragg the last uh, September or October. I met somebody and uh, I was trying to find out. Stay on base, and yeah. the GPS was sending me around and around. I said, Oh, yeah, everything will work on that. The signal was scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> um, with your B lead, it's heavyweight lines. It will smudge because it's soft uh, and is used for shadows and contrast. But I like shadow, I like using what's What's the number one color that you see in the landscape? Purple. Yes. <laughs> Purple. Dr. Ware, she taught us that in design theory. Subconsciously, you see it, but consciously, you, you really don't. Purple is the most abundant color in the landscape. I guess when you mix the sky with the concrete and everything else out there, purple stands out. Subconscious. It's, yeah, it's just hard to say because you just, you automatically think green. You the most flowers, many flowers are, are, are purple. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But that's why we use purple for shadows. You'll see a lot of, a lot of landscape architects and designers use purple for shadowing their plants. Um, sometimes can be used for general drawings. That's the HB. 2B is sometimes... Uh, use but smudges easier. Common used leads would be 4H, 2H, H, HB, sometimes 2B. What's HB? You should all be familiar with HB lead. It's like your number two American standard or Ticonderoga pencil. The, well, why is it just for the 
Huh? Those are all HP. Those are all HP because you got 0 0.3, 0 0.5, 0 0.7, 0 0.9, the millimeter of the lead. No, I'm just saying HB is like every student, like is just a, like this. That's an HB pencil. That's that's the most common lead, like worldwide. You know, just for taking notes and stuff. But no, this this stuff right here, um, you've got different lead sizes with your HB. Yeah, because one of them is probably 0 0.5, 0 0.7, and 0.9, the millimeter, the thickness. Because when it comes to drawing the plans, what's the thickest line on a plan? Would be the outline of the house. And then the second thickest line would be like your driveways. The thinnest line is gonna be your property lines. So that's why we have three, five, seven, nine millimeter size pencils. And then depending on what you are drawing, would you use 4H, 2H, HB, See where I'm going? Like for this class, we're just using HP. No, no, no. We'll we'll use them all. No, oh, like, I just well, said. Put them in his kit. I was wondering why. No, I mean we'll use them all. Yeah, yeah. Y'all will. Y'all will. But you'll see me use pen. And trust me, y'all want the pencil probably first because it's very easily erased. Because it's kind of. I'm not going to be like my professors. They're like, leave your drawings out, like your drawings, no trash on it. And they get a red Pentel sign pen and they're like, this sucks. You need to start over. Where have you been? Literally would have people in tears. Literally would have people in tears. They're like, oh my gosh, I am that bad. And at the end of the sophomore year, we had sophomore review. If we didn't pass sophomore review, guess what we had to do? Change majors because you were kicked out of the program. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, we have horticulture, we have um, surveying, we have these other programs that you're in, but you're not cut out to be a landscape architect. And we sweated bullets with that. And that's why they graduated, or still graduate, four or five students each year. When in the freshman class, there starts out 25 or 30. But usually freshman studio, weeds them out they're like whoa i don't want to do this i don't want to do this because literally we stayed up all night drawing i lived in pop town commuted and then we come up with the idea of having sleeping bags in the studio because they, they gave us a key to the building there's just certain rooms were locked and we had a refrigerator we had a microwave and we went and took sponge baths in the sink because there was nights that we could not leave I mean, it was that bad. And once we figured out, if we just stayed here, we actually got stuff done. Because there was no way to, to leave and be able to go and work and do something. I wanted to play baseball at a and I, I mean, I was good enough to play college baseball. I asked my professor about it, they just laughed. They're like, well, <laughs> if you wanna go study history you can play baseball here but if you're gonna if you're gonna become a landscape architect no you cannot play sports here so and they were absolutely right there was not enough time there wasn't enough time to date there wasn't enough time to do any of that stuff it was draw draw draw
And yes, there was times I wanted to say, forget this. But it went for my dad saying, no, son, stick it out, stick it out, stick it out. You'll get this. Three years goes by fast. Three years go, and it did. At the end of it, you're like, wow, where did three years go? Am I scaring y'all? We're only going to do about half that work, okay? Oh, I do that anyway now still. But then there's lead type. You have graphite and then plastic, which is used on mylar. That uh, graphite's like, your, like again, your, your wooden pencils, your American pencil. And then that plastic, it, it breaks easy. Um, yeah, we have the drawing pencils. Drawing pencils would be the ones that you sharpen in a pencil sharpener because you can buy those pencils. We've got mechanicals, but you can buy them in wooden pencil. A lead holders, what I talked about, the old school, and then you guys have got the mechanical pencils. Erasers. Plastic white erasers can be washed uh, as lead builds up on them to prevent smudging. Just rub them off, take a little water and get it. A stick eraser, that's kind of like a pencil. You know, it's got that tube eraser in it. And then an eraser shield. It's a little, looks like a credit card in your design kit with all these little cutouts in it. That's what you lay over your lines and take the eraser and erase it and it prevents from erasing the whole thing. So if you got a line too wide on one end or your borders crossed a little bit, you just take your eraser shield and uh, make it disappear. Pretty cool. Templates, your circle templates. There should be probably two of them in your design kit. It's just a big plastic thin thing that's got all these circles cut out in it. It me uh, measures diameters used to draw various size circles. It's quick and to scale. And once we read a scale, we'll be able to say, hey, we're gonna build uh, a 30 foot, we need a 30 foot diameter tree in quarter scale or eight scale. 30, 10 scale, we'll be able to lay our uh, scales on the circle template and find it and then place it on the drawing and draw that, that tree. Compass used for drawing larger circles. Adjust the distance between the point and the lid. Most of y'all know how to use a compass. You know, that's taught in grade school, but we very rarely use it. Very rarely. Maybe if you're drawing in quarter scale, but most of your plans are gonna be probably eighth or ten scale in this in this class. Scales. Ruler with units that represent feet. We have an architect and an engineer. The architect is units of an inch. Example, a quarter of an inch equals a foot. So I always tell people. Everybody ever play with like model cars, you know, and how things are scaled, like it's at a certain scale. Well, that means if it's at 25 scale that it's actually 25 times smaller in that model. But if you blew it up 25 times, it would equal the big car. Um, in our line of profession, we're going to use eighth and quarter scale on the architect. Engineer, we're going to use 10 and 20. 
but the engineer's units of increments in an inch, how many tick marks per inch? 10 scale has 10 increments in an inch, so one inch equals 10 feet. So 20 scale, what's one inch in 20 scale? 20 feet. So you see where we're going? And when it comes to the engineer scale, if you're having issues with it, you could literally count out each tick to get the number of feet. So in one inch on the 10 scale, there's actually 10 ticks. So you've had construction, Laura. Mm -hmm. You're in it now, right, Miss Moser? You're in construction yes. now? Yeah. Y'all had it. I, I learned that in basic demonstration. Techniques. You've had construction. Have you had it? Yeah. yeah. You've had construction. So real simple. You know, once you get the hang of it, you've got it. But it's a skill. If you don't use it, you do lose it, just like plant material. All right. Ames lettering guide. I don't even know if it's in there. It's another little clear plastic credit card looking thing. No, that's that's the eraser shield. It may I may have told them to take it out. I probably did because we we just won't use it. But it, what it does is help you with lettering drawing the guidelines for lettering, but it's so easy to do it with T-square triangle and uh, that blue non-copy pen. But the Ames lettering guide used with a T-square to create the guidelines, top and bottom guidelines, and sometimes a midline. You have a dry cleaning bag. It may or may not be in there. Looks like a little hacky sack. It may or may not be in there. Uh, but what you do is you just take it and you throw it and just let all that little eraser dust get on your drawing and it helps prevent smudging with pencil. And then a brush, it just kind of removes that eraser or dry cleaning bag dust off your drawing when you're finished. Other tools would be a protractor, measure and draw angles accurately. We will use a protractor very extensively when it comes to drawing property lines because we're gonna read a line from north, 20 degree angles in a westerly position, 142 feet long. That's how we get our angle and we can draw that property line. And you have flex curves, which is like a little snake thing right here, which is good for drawing shrub beds. You mold it to how you want it and then draw tracing it. And then the French curves are the pre-made pre ones right here. And good for drawing shrub beds and, and, and pretty cool stuff like that. And that wraps up your tools lecture with, we got some time to spare so we can do a little bit of drawing.